0: Do you have
1: somebody in your life who loves books? Somebody who not only loves books, but always wants to share what she's reading with you, (laughs) thinking that you're just going to love her latest selection. And inevitably, you just can't stand that book that she suggested. That's us! Oh yeah. We both read a lot. Well,
0: I don't even read. I listen. But we very rarely agree on what constitutes a good read. I enjoy books that build up new worlds, inviting magic and mystery into our lives. Science fiction and fantasy rule. I listen to a variety, but it's all grounded in reality. Bleh. You can keep your elves in space operas. Mm-hmm. Welcome to our podcast, You're Making Me Read What? Your hosts on this monthly podcast are myself, Jessica, and my colleague, Christine. We're librarians who get a thrill out of a great book, but usually can't stand what the other person is reading. We've each selected
1: some of our all-time favorite books. Each month, we'll alternate between the lists with the goal of persuading the
0: other to enjoy a read she would never have picked up on her own. Even a book that isn't entirely your style may have some redeeming qualities to it, right? I guess we'll see. And do we even really need a spoiler alert for this particular I book? I feel like the title is the spoiler <laughs> alert. Well, why don't you uh, kick us off? What's the title? Okay, so the title is
1: Invisible Women, Data Bias in a World Designed for Men by Caroline Criado Perez.
0: okay. Okay. I would think that that maybe spoiled it for anyone who was going to be surprised by what this particular nonfiction title is about. And so I'm going to further spoil it just to remove all doubt. Yes. This is
1: about how the world is designed for men Uh and it sometimes disadvantages
0: non-men. And Christine and I should personally spoiler alert you. We are both female. Both we're both cisgender female, mm-hmm. and um, so we took particular offense to many of the things that <laughs> happened in this book. It was um, frustrating and annoying and irritating, and actually one of my questions later in the session is, um, where did I write it? Here it is. What makes you the most angry? <laughs> so, <laughs> if only we could have ranked. I, you know, I, we'll, we'll get there later, but... Um, yeah, this was a fascinating pick. And remind me, this isn't either of our normal nope things. So this isn't a book that, like, Christine read and has loved for a decade. And she was like, oh, Jessica's going to hate this. We should read it. Nope. No. So why – tell me again. Why did we read this one? Well, because um, several months ago
1: or maybe a year and a half ago, I started <laughs> saying that I was not anxious for thinky books because I was just so drained from the pandemic. Yeah. And I was really having a hard time concentrating. I wanted really light – like happy stuff Yep. because I was frustrated.
0: Um, Understandably.
1: And finally, my brain was like, I need some food. You need to give me something that I can kind of chew on.
0: So you didn't want a book donut. You wanted like a book stock of celery. Yeah. Okay, normally so, I don't like celery, but I, I'll give you this one. Yeah. yeah.
1: So um, I had read this several years ago. It's not very old. It's from 2018, 2019, yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, so I'd read it a couple of years ago right before the pandemic, and um, my husband and I were taking a road trip, and we listened to the podcast 99% Invisible, Yep. and um, they referenced this book in that. And so hmm. my husband read the book first, and then he was like – Yeah, you'd like it, but, yeah, maybe I don't want you to read it because (laughs) maybe it would make my life really unhappy for the time that you were reading it. And he pretty much called that.
0: Maybe read it when he's on, like, an extended business trip. Correct. Yeah, okay,
1: understandable. he was awesome, and I came in the house after listening to a good majority of it while weeding in the backyard, and I was like, okay— I just have to yell at somebody, and you happen to be the person here. I was like, oh, great. This is going to be fun. So he deeply looked at me and nodded and did not say a word. And then when I was done, I said, okay, you can talk now. And he was like, okay, so what do you want for dinner? So,
0: I mean, scintillating conversation aside, Mm -hmm. uh, that is not surprising. You and I are both pretty uh, outspoken, even Mm -hmm. though you're more of an introvert and I'm more of an extrovert. The idea that women who make up – 50% of the world's population mm-hmm. um, are not being appropriately included in things that affect their bodies and their lives and their livelihoods and the world that they exist in. It, this is, okay, so for everyone who's like, wow, they're really getting on a soapbox, yep, that's what this, that is totally what this the episode is. is. Bo- the book is a soapbox. The book is a soapbox. We are, we have lifted the soapbox up, right, and we are dancing. Like one of us is holding it and one of us is dancing on it because one of us is super strong now. Um, So just if that is not your deal and you don't want to listen to us tell you about how uh, vastly unequal things are in our society and in all societies across the world, uh, maybe come back next month. We're going to read one of our regular books. Well, yes, to all of that.
1: Although I would say one of the things that was actually helpful to me was I think the author does a spectacular job of putting – Arguments together in a way that they make sense. Yes. And I found myself going, Holy cow, I never realized why that frustrated me so much. So it's yeah. just validating as it would be for, like, the Me Too movement and nope. Black Lives Matter and, mm-hmm. you know, any previously um, underrepresented group, nope. marginalized group, finally having somebody acknowledge this is why this bothers you so much yep. is just.
0: I think helpful and yes. meaningful. So, I thought. So when I read this, um, I thought back to the first time I read Freakonomics, uh-huh. which that came out in the early 2000s, late 19, somewhere in that time period. And that's not about any particular group of peoples. It's just about how you can use data to understand the economics and how things work in the world around us. And I found a lot of similarities Mm -hmm. between the structure of that book and the structure of this one because they're both heavily data-set driven Mm -hmm. and well-researched but still impeccably readable. You know, it's not like you read this book – the Invisible Women, the mm-hmm. the data bias one by Ms. Criado Perez. It's not like you read it and you were like, wow, I need to take a break. That was a lot to digest and I need to, like, think about all the numbers that I was given. Right. You, you have a lot of data that's thrown at you, but it's all framed in a way that you can pretty easily digest it and kind of continue onward with the narrative that she's built behind these data sets. And I appreciate that because yeah. – I don't read a ton of nonfiction, and I I know that you do biographies, and mm-hmm. but maybe not as much nonfiction as fiction, right? And for folks like us who that's not our normal cup of tea, uh, it can be hard to delve to delve into that kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. and I will be honest that when
1: I'm listening, I don't have any interest in. I'm not going to write down a figure, sure. you know, like I'm not going to highlight something. I'm listening. And so I do kind of let the statistics wash over me. Yeah. Um, but I think she does such a good job, as you said, of making it a narrative that it doesn't really matter if it's 89 89% percent or 89.6 yeah. um, percent. It's a lot. The, you know, it's still the same message. So um, I think she does a really nice job at the beginning of talking about that the fact that the world is designed for men was not malicious. No. was not intentional or deliberate on anybody's part. It was just it has been that men have been the decision makers, and they have made decisions based on their own experiences without asking women what their experiences are. And because of um, gender roles, men's experiences are dramatically different than women's experiences, and our bodies are dramatically different from each other. And so it's just kind of a looking at different aspects. She goes from Uh, office work Mm -hmm. to protective equipment to economics commuting Um, she takes all different facets of life and tells you or explores how those facets are impacted by decisions that seem like they're gender neutral but gender neutral
0: actually means the default setting which is men so i actually wrote you know i love a good quote you do so i have lots from her because they were fascinating yeah so i actually wrote down the one that you shared the start of, which is uh, one of the most important things to say about the gender gap data is that it is not generally malicious or even deliberate. Mm -hmm. Uh, Quite the opposite. It is simply the product of a way of thinking that has been around for millennia and is therefore a kind of not thinking, a double not thinking even, because men go without saying and women don't get said at all. Because when we say human on the whole, we mean man. Yeah. man. Yep. Yes. And She's got really interesting background herself, because I, I was trying to like place like what her what her work was, but mm-hmm. when I read the book without doing a lot of research on her, mm-hmm. and I would have said you know like investigative reporter or something. So she is um, she worked in digital marketing for a while. And then she's really been kind of an activist and a mm-hmm. feminist for the last maybe five to ten years. She has an English degree that she got as an older adult. Uh, but she has had this really awesome background in speaking up and speaking her mind and using her platform to make changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's she lives in uh, Britain now, mm-hmm. and she grew up in a lot of different places. She lives in England now. And so she started some of this when they were going to remove – a woman from one of the British banknotes, right? And so the only woman that was going to be on any British currency was the Queen Victoria, right? And everybody else was yeah. man, and she was like, "Hey, maybe that's not cool." Right. And then that s- snowballed for her, and she started digging more into the data about this. And she just sounds like a, f- like a fascinating person that you'd like to know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, she she brings up the
1: fact that reference man is what physical stuff is based on. And Mm -hmm. it's this mythical white man, Mm -hmm. uh,
0: 25 25
1: to 30 years old, Mm -hmm. 155 pounds. And um, I don't know that I know anybody that actually fits into that description, maybe. Um, But the other thing that she talks about physically is that men have thicker skin than women do. And they
0: Actually physically, not like someone is being mean to you. Correct. Yeah.
1: And that um, pound for pound, women tend to have more— Body, a higher percentage of body fat yep. than men do. So that means we metabolize stuff differently. So drugs work th- um, through the body differently. Mm-hmm. So when doctors prescribe drugs based on the dosage for men and they just um, scale it down for a smaller mm-hmm. human. Yep, based on body weight. Yeah, yep. based on body weight yep. alone, that is not good enough because yep. women metabolize stuff differently because they have more body fat. Yep. So. It's it yeah. it shows that people doing the best that they can do, thinking that they are doing the right ethical
0: thing, yeah. are actually having a harmful impact on fifty percent of the population. Well, and she goes into the background about how some medications, like the test runs, the trials that they do for medications that are Predominantly used on women. Yep, don't have women as part of the majority of the test group. Okay,
1: let me let me mansplain this to you, Jessica. Oh, because yes, please tell me. I'm It ready. is clear you don't understand. I
0: already knew that. Thank you. It's based on my gender. Right. Yes. Let me explain to you mm-hmm. why that happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Women have periods. Oh, weird. Okay, didn't know that. Thank you for the data. And
1: those um, fluctuations in uh, estrogen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they mess up all the medical tests. Oh. So we don't okay. want to mess up the medical tests mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by throwing all this other stuff in there. Sure. So we only test on men who tend to have a little more... Um, they have stable hormones. It's stable. Yeah. And so the fact that we're going to use them on women later who have periods mm-hmm.
0: doesn't really matter. You know what? I'm glad you told me that. Thank you. I uh, had no idea how much harm we as women were causing to the medical community. By being so complicated. I know. it's It's like... We did it on purpose. I did. Okay. Well, I'm glad for you. I have literally all in, in capital here just the <laughs> word pockets because this is my soapbox within a soapbox. Um, so Christine knows me pretty well at this point, and she knows that I tend to wear dresses mm-hmm. uh, because they're easy, right? Mm-hmm. It's one thing. You put it on. Yep. Uh, and I purposefully seek out dresses with pockets. Mm-hmm. Which I've noticed that about I you. am telling everyone who's listening to this podcast now is it's like hunting for buried treasure. It's it's like I'm searching for the kraken. I am at... The holy grail, baby. I am, I am hunting down something that doesn't exist. It's a unicorn on top of a pegasus on top of the Loch Ness Monster, right? <laughs> you need to, like, sew your own pockets on a dress. Because... Generally speaking, women wear dresses, right? Right. Some men do, and some people who identify as various genders do. But generally speaking, it's women who of wear dresses. Of people who wear dresses, yes. Most of them are women. Yes, thank you. That's a much better way and succinct to put it. <laughs> I just kind of—I got really amped up about my unicorn <laughs> You're pegasus. Very excited. I know it was so. fun. So, it is astonishing to me that a, do- a garment that is mostly weird, worn by women does not frequently have pockets. Mm -hmm. And that when women buy jeans or other pants, the pockets are so small as to be unfunctionable. Oh, they're baby pockets, yeah. Or they're stitching that looks like a pocket that is not a pocket. Faux pockets. Faux pockets. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which, great, that's super helpful. It's a thing that you try and put something in, and then, oh, no, wait, there's nothing to go there, and it falls on the floor. Because there's nothing I like better about fashion than it not being functional. Correct. That is awesome. Yes. And, I mean, there's a whole huge backstory to all of that. Right. But part of her book talks a little bit about technology and about, f- like, iPhones and yep. other um, smartphone devices and the size of them. Yes. And that some of these phones were developed at such a size that they fit into purses and handbooks instead of fitting into any size pocket that a woman a woman might actually have in any of their garments of clothing. Or, equally mm-hmm. important, fitting into her hand Mm -hmm. where she might be using it. No, that's... That's That's crazy. crazy. (laughs) That's crazy talk. And so the author was talking about, she started this research in this because she actually got a weird thumb thing going on because the phone wouldn't fit in her hand. And you're often trying to do things with one hand because both genders tend to multitask, right? right? So you're doing something with your left hand and you're trying to text someone with your right hand. And then you screw your thumb up because it doesn't actually fit in your hands. Yep. Yes. The very thing it's supposed to fit in. Pockets. Pockets. Pockets and phones. Hey, any
1: would-be designers out there? We have one word for you.
0: Pockets. Yep. Done. I'd like a pocket. Just just one, one functional. I mean, I'd <laughs> like more than one functional pocket. I remember when I was a teenager, I bought men's cargo pants. Oh, um, you went on pocket overload. Well, because there were no pockets. And they were actually the ones that had the zippy <laughs> at the knee, so they could be cargo shorts as well. Oh, I don't need to know it this was, about you. It was amazing. But those are not meant to fit a woman's body. Right. It's not the right. right shape. It's not. It does not fit doesn't have hips yes so i didn't buy them much after like puberty because it doesn't work yeah so pants 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 and pockets yes there's some problems there so were you as amused as i was
1: at the um she tells a quick story about a day called the long friday in iceland Iceland? yes (laughs) so this was a day when 90 percent of the female population did not work at all and when i say work oh it was intentional Mm -hmm. it was a how you like us now, strike, mm-hmm. because they didn't go to the office and they didn't do a stitch of housework. Nope. So all of the children were hopped up on candy because – and the, the grocery stores sold out sausage. of sausage. There was no
0: sausage <laughs> for the
1: men of Iceland.
0: <laughs> or sausage sausageless Because
1: that was the easiest meal to give the kids. Yeah. So Fried I – sausage or candy. And the next year – They did some really fine ERA work um, Mm -hmm. and um, some laws were changed to
0: equalize pay. And uh, And Iceland is now one of the top rated countries for women to live and work in. Yes. Yes. So I thought that that was spectacular. Um,
1: (laughs) One of the things, I'm going to tell you one of the things I hated the most, and then I want to hear your opinions on all of this.
0: Okay.
1: One of the things that was so upsetting to me and um, embarrassingly. Um, new to me was how much toilet access um, is a safety issue and a health issue for women in so many parts of the world. Um, They get raped on their way to the toilet. They get um, diseases because they try to avoid going to the toilet. Um, And sometimes the assault is as little as having men ogle them or masturbate while they're watching them go to the toilet. Little which is air quotes. horrible. Yes. yes. I mean, yeah, if that's, that's an air quote one. Exactly. Yeah. I'm being facetious with the little part. Yeah. Um, but they can also be raped and killed. Yep. For having to do something as basic as
0: use the toilet. Yeah. That one was rough. Yeah. Um, I would say that was probably pretty high, if not the highest on my list as well. The one that seems not the easiest to fix, but the the one that bothered me the most because I could relate to it was uh, use of transit. Yeah. So there, you know, she gave tons of facts and figures and then compiled it into a nice little easily digestible chunk for us about how women who live in major urban areas that have easy access to transit like buses and subways and uh, anything really, mm-hmm. um, it was this crazy high percentage of them it was like 80 or 90 percent have at some point uh, been molested yep. they've been groped, they've been harassed, they've been harangued it doesn't matter pick, pick a word that you're unhappy with um, and the the way that those complaints have been handled over the years is such that many women now just don't even say anything right they because, expect it yeah because um, when you're in a public space mm-hmm. which is meant to be public shared for everyone, every age, every gender, everyone, Um, That women need to anticipate Mm -hmm. that they should take better care of themselves, that they should protect themselves in advance. Men don't have to think about that. Nope. Because uh, nobody's going to leer at you or follow you or grope you or anything. Why would they do that? But women in a public space, these spaces are not developed and thought out or built out in a way that ensures that those actions don't take place because women need to take care of themselves. Right. Right. Yeah, we're. I mean, heck, in some instances, it's uh, implied that we brought it on. Absolutely, because of how we uh, went someplace and then walked. Uh, well, because, in public, and because you have breasts. You know what? I had forgotten about that. It's how it's can men control factor. themselves? I don't know.
1: I don't know. It's hard. Yeah. And speaking of those breasts. Hmm? Uh, one of the things... We're going to need put a spoiler alert at the start know, of this one. I know, I um, know. One of the ones that made me crazy, too, was protective equipment for the military oh, and yes. police don't accommodate breasts. So mm-hmm. um, they, she talks about one officer who took it upon herself to purchase um, protective wear mm-hmm. that accommodated her breasts mm-hmm. because if she wore the uh, the standard issue... yep. Her midriff was left unprotected, and that's one of the places that you're yep. most likely to get stabbed because it in. rises too high right yeah, so she spent like five hundred dollars or five hundred pounds I'm not sure mm-hmm. which um money they were currency they were using at the time um, and then was told by her uh police uh, supervisor whatever. yeah yep that she was um in violation and she was you know in trouble for it mm-hmm. for having the audacity to buy protective wear that fit her Mm -hmm. and actually protected her.
0: Yeah. There's a lot in this book that, I mean, so reading it, it was enlightening, and it was frustrating, and it was angering, and Mm -hmm. I hope that it is all of those things for women and for men. Absolutely. That this is not just two ladies who read this (laughs) and are upset, and that other ladies are also going to be upset. I hope that um, our male counterparts out there who listen to this are just as upset, because- We're all in this together. Yeah. Um, And just because something has been done one way for a very long time does not mean that it shouldn't be changed and modified and retrofitted where needed to ensure that everyone has equal access to spaces and services and life that we all need and deserve. Like, I wrote down another quote because, again, I love quotes. Yes. Um, So – and this is a direct quote from an article – I can't remember if it was in Wired or something else like that. So the author Criado Perez says, so a group of 100 female teachers in Spanish would be referred to as las prof- profesoras, uh-huh. the lady professors. Right. But as soon as you add a single male teacher, mm-hmm. the group suddenly becomes los profesores, uh, because such is the power of a single default male. Yes. I thought that was really. That, that little piece, like the idea of a default male, that if you throw one man into the mix, that that becomes the that becomes the starting point. It's no longer okay. There are nine women in a room and one man. It's there's a man. Oh yeah, there's also some ladies here. Right, and that that's um, or not. You can't tell by the way Spanish. We're, you you don't know if there are any. I know women included in it that. It could have just been all men. Correct, but we don't know. We don't. Yeah, there's yes uh, the part that. So beyond the transit and the other things and all the other stuff that we've talked about, um, you touched on it with the Iceland, The Longest Friday, mm-hmm. is the idea of housework. Yeah. So I don't know about you, um, but uh, I've been married for 16 years now, and mm-hmm. I have a wonderful spouse mm-hmm. who is dedicated and going to listen to this. he better <laughs> listen to this. And <laughs> he's listened to all the rest of them. And um, I haven't really talked to him about this book because mm-hmm. I want him to listen to the podcast and then maybe if he wants to go back and read it afterwards. And it made me think about the split of the work that mm-hmm. we do yeah. in our own home because we both work full time. Yep. We have an infant. Yep. Um, so there's a lot of work that's associated with the joy of being a parent as yep. well. Uh, we have property, so we maintain the property. And it really made me think, like, okay, we're both working 40 to 50 hours a week. How else does our time get split out? Yeah. Like, I woke up this morning and I did the dishes and I folded the laundry and I... Took the recycling downstairs, and I did da 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 da, and I I took a little minute, and I ha uh, ha. Huh. Well, I shouldn't be irritated about this, but I am kind of irritated <laughs> about this. I, I don't know. I, do, did you did this make you stop and think about that too?
1: Absolutely, and I I will say that um, Steve, my Steve is very uh, very good about housework. He's very thoughtful. Yeah. Um, interestingly. I would not describe another woman as being thoughtful about housework. So the very fact that I said he's good about housework, he's thoughtful, <laughs> shows that I have an expectation that as a man he wouldn't be. So that's yep. my own bias. Same here. Um, you remind me, there there was a phrase that I learned as a kid, and I don't know where I heard it, but it was something like, um, Mom said, I'm going to go to bed. And she got up off the couch and she made the kids' lunches and she finished up the um, dishes and she straightened the living room and she took you know got the kids ready for bed and made sure they brushed their teeth and then she went to bed and 20 minutes later dad said to no one in particular i'm going to bed and promptly did
0: so <laughs> my sister is a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. um, a sam S- yes A-H-M. And she was a full-time worker before her her child, and even for a little bit into it. My my nephew is like three and some change now. And I, I didn't understand until I myself had a child how much work goes into yeah. being with a child all day and teaching them and loving them and educating them and making sure they're safe and well and healthy and all that kind of stuff. And I I, I know this is not the point of this particular book, but just as like a little tangent, uh, I do not think that we treat stay-at-home parents of any gender with the respect and dignity that they need because uh, that is more than a full-time job. That is, you know, part of this book talks about the value of the work that goes into it. And another quote, ha-ha. um that there is no such thing as a woman who doesn't work there's only a woman who isn't paid for her work yeah. and for stay-at-home parents i would say that for either gender that that's that's a lot of time and energy and efforts for a great outcome that people don't treat with respect and that makes me sad absolutely
1: i i think not only is it um we don't pay folks, but it's the most important job because all of society benefits or or suffers. Sure. Yep. I mean, if you do a lousy job and your kid's <laughs> not respectful and, you know, trouble, yep. all that kind of stuff, society pays in one way or the other. And mm-hmm. if you do a, a great job and your kid is helpful and productive and respectful, then we all benefit. So it is in all of our best interest yep. for people to rear their children thoughtfully and loving, lovingly. Yes. Um, and I think that um, creative Perez does a really nice job of making economic arguments for all of this, which makes me super sad that we have
0: to. But yeah, we do because we do. that's the way people make decisions. You're right. And if if reading books like this and talking about topics like this and making heartfelt commitments to topics like this make a difference, then I'm okay with that. Yep. Because we got to do something yep. to continue moving forward to ensure that everybody who lives in this world has an opportunity to fully live in this world. I'm exhausted. What are you going to (laughs) make me read next time? Oh my gosh, you're going to love it. I don't think I am. I think you might. I tried to practice the theme song for this in (laughs) advance because I wanted to see if you would be able to identify it Uh and then I realized I didn't want me humming a theme song to be recorded for posterity. That's good. So instead I'm just going to tell you about it. Okay. But I'll quiz you next time. Oh. Okay, so the reason I chose next month's book is one, because it's October and so Halloween's around the corner and I thought, ooh, this is a good one. And two, you told me you would never watch the movie that goes along with this book and I just about had a coronary. Oh, is that when you stopped talking to me? It was for a little bit and then I had to talk to you more because of how I was upset about Oh yeah, when you started yelling at me. Yeah, I remember. So next month's read is Jurassic Park by Michael Crichton. I'm so excited. (laughs) So for those of you- Wait, wait, wait. Let me just ask you a question. What's better, Jurassic Park, Or pockets? Ooh, um, I would need pockets if I were inside of Jurassic Park with which my cargo pants would happen. So I'm taking both. Thank you for trying to not allow me to have all the the things I want in life. I want pockets and I want dinosaurs. Uh So for people like Christine who literally live under a rock, (laughs) um, Jurassic Park is a sci-fi book that came out in the early 90s and was turned into a fantastic uh, movie franchise which you will also need to watch as part of our podcast for next month. Are you sending me to universal studios for this i will do whatever i need to to okay. make you enjoy this okay so jurassic park is um it's a book about genetic engineering uh-huh. and chaos theory and dinosaurs <laughs> and an amusement park and it's wonderful and i can't believe you've never read it or watched it but it's uh, I, I don't know how else to describe it other than i hope that you enjoy it just a, a tiny sliver of the amount that i'm going to I, th- I think I can describe it as a unicorn on a
1: pegasus on top of uh, the, the Loch, Loch Ness monster. monster. Or a dinosaur you next know, to a well, pterodactyl. Well,
0: I mean, we don't know that the Loch Ness monster isn't the dinosaur. So That's a good point. we'll, we'll, we'll go on from there.
1: Um, thank you for joining us on your making me read what?
0: If this book wasn't your cup of tea, there are millions more where that came from. And don't forget, you can always grab these books and lots more at your local library. So please do join us next month when we will be discussing Jurassic Park by Michael Crichton. Thank you and keep on reading.